Non-fungible tokens or NFTs in the form of both digital art and play-to-earn gaming assets have come under fire for their price volatility and vulnerability to frauds and scams. This March, hackers stole around $600 million from the Ronin blockchain network that supports Axie Infinity, a blockchain-based play-to-earn game with around 3 million daily active players, 35% of whom are Filipinos. Given the game's large Philippine-based demographic, the Banco Central ng Pilipinas cautioned the public against dealing hastily with digital tokens. In this B-side episode, Renz Carlo Chong, chief executive officer and co-founder of digital asset production factory BreederDAO, talks to Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana about the opportunities for NFT asset production in the Philippines amid both the growing risks and potential. I'm Bronte Laksamana, a multimedia reporter at Business World, and today I'm joined by Renz Carlo Chong, CEO and co-founder of BreederDAO, or a decentralized autonomous organization. So hi Renz, thank you so much for joining us. Hey Bronte, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here actually. For today's episode, we want to get a better grasp of the opportunities of blockchain-based asset generation in the Philippines. And actually, we've previously written about Yield Guild Games' efforts to cultivate the play-to-earn economy. And around a year has passed since then. So my first question is, what opportunities are there locally in this space that haven't been fully explored yet? If you look at the space right now, it's still very raw. Uh, nobody has really kind of like have a full grasp on what play to earn really works. Axie Infinity, for example, is currently struggling. A lot of games that followed suit tried and follow the same model, but are currently also struggling. So it's really interesting because nobody knows like where the space will head towards or how it will develop over the next few years. But what's, inter- what's in- very interesting is that a lot of traditional gaming companies have already started like getting into the space. And I believe that there's actually real value that they see in it, which is why they're slowly moving into it. Prior to like any blockchain-based games, prior to Axie Infinity really popping off and enjoying that tremendous growth, nobody really thought about like giving the power of owning the assets to the community. It has mostly been like towards the developers. Geo says that you pay 100% of tax rate to developers, primarily because after buying the asset, they own it. I mean, even if you can actually use it in-game, the developers still own it. And right now, because of what blockchain brings to the table, you get to own these assets and you get to kind of like sell them in a decentralized marketplace. And so you can see all of these projects, Seal Guild, for example, tackling the player liquidity sides, bringing on the demand for all of these play and earn games. On the other hand, you have projects like BreederDAO, our project, uh, who tackles the asset liquidity side. In the future, you'll see like a lot of opportunities centered around on-ramp and off-ramping of these currencies, in-game currencies, to like their local currencies, Fiat, for example, SLP to Peso. And we believe that there's going to be a lot more developments in the space. Blockchain Spaces is actually the guild hub of the metaverse. They provide like a lot of useful tools and guild dashboards. So as we build and as we try to identify like what components will actually help the space propel forward, we would definitely see a lot of these new projects and creative innovations within the space. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, just to clarify, what does this have to do with Web3? Because we've also been hearing that term a lot 
Well, Web3 is basically the next step, right? We started with Web1, you know, internet, for example. So we've seen all of kinds of development where, you know, internet is actually governed by centralized agencies. You have Facebook dominating the social media space. You have Google dominating the data storage and cloud infrastructure. And Web3 actually points towards primarily blockchain, where the power is given back to the community. It's actually a decentralized way of governing things, where power is not just limited towards centralized agencies. And in fact, you know, people have seen that you want to create that sort of community to be able to pass on all sorts of decision making. Project like ours eventually will move towards, you know, being led by the team itself to the community in terms of like the direction of the project or like the vision of the project. And ultimately, if you think of like Web3 uh, and how it's different from Web2, it's because the community itself is involved and the holders of so-called tokens or like the stakeholders of a particular project are involved and are part of building these projects. And it's not just the team, right? So it's not just a one head, two heads, three heads. It's the entire community that's helping cultivate all of these like experiences and strategy for the project. With more investments coming in, how exactly can organizations like yours cultivate these opportunities? So what are the specific things that you will use investments for? Specific to BreederDAO. I think like in terms of investments, we're definitely going to use this in order to establish our position in the market. Being like, you know, the asset manufacturer in the space kind of like entails a lot of capital resource for us to be able to really amass that huge share in the market. And so specific to our cost, we will use that mostly for increasing our asset base and working on our initial pool of like assets by investing towards a lot of these projects. So getting in early for these deals and building our team and human resource capital to be able to really create all sorts of technology that would help us increase our efficiency and increase our production capacity. Now, I think in terms of like the funding towards the general space, with enough capital, you'll be able to onboard interesting individuals because a lot of these guys who are already comfortable with where they are being in the likes of maybe Facebook, Riot Games, these are guys who are highly skilled and highly talented and with high skills and talent comes cost and I guess premium, right? So having that capital and having that funding will eventually take away one problem, which is paying off all of these like resources, encouraging them even more to move into the space. And typically for a lot of these individuals, they just follow where their money is. So if the money is in Web3 or is in blockchain, then a lot of people tend to move towards that. In fact, myself included, the main reason why I actually started Web3 is because of the profits, because of the insane multiples that people are able to experience here. It's very typical for a lot of like new and interesting developments, right? Internet, for example, the people who actually first entered the space and believed in it were the ones who were able to reap the most out of it. And I believe that we're experiencing the same with blockchain. Since you mentioned that a common motivator for entering this space is, you know, the profit that comes with it. What do you think about the people who are more cautious since there's a stigma around these get-rich-quick kind of schemes, you know, some people would call schemes. So how are we able to mitigate these concerns and risks? Sure, maybe I'll start with trying to give you a picture on how you're able to earn like a huge interest rate with 
stable coins compared to regular interest rate in banks, right? If you look at decentralized finance and you park, say, a stable coin, which is pegged one to one in dollars, you're able to experience say, maybe 15 to 18% returns. In banks, for example, you're only able to, at most, get like you know, roughly 4%. And the reason why they're able to do this is because it's not being run by you know, a CEO, a manager, or there's no like bank that actually exists. So there's no capital, there's no operating expenses. Essentially, it's governed by a code which means that all the excess, all these inefficiencies or all these expenses that are spent on a lot of these things like rent or electricity or utilities can now go back to the people who are actually loaning out these funds. And that's ultimately what I think blockchain can do. It's actually governed by a code. It allows for more efficiency, which is why it can also give a lot of value back to its users, to people who are quite skeptic about entering the space just because there's a lot of money to be made. It's really, you know, the same with a lot of new innovations. People always say that, you know, with high risk comes high rewards, right? And that's something I think that we're experiencing right now in blockchain. A lot of people haven't entered the space, but eventually, you know, as it becomes more and more mainstream, then it's going to normalize for sure. And after some time, like 18% will become 10%. I think it's definitely going to be way higher than you know all of these interests that banks usually provide just because like again you don't have to deal with all of these like operating expenses but definitely it's going to go down and it's going to be normalized like soon enough we're talking about the future and this is a very forward-looking space so what can be done now in order to ease into this vision Sure, I think we're already starting in terms of that. I still believe that gaming is the easiest way to onboard people. Without Axie Infinity, I don't think we'll be able to kind of encourage a lot of individuals to enter the space. Philippines is actually one of the leading like MetaMask users in the entire world. And that's primarily because of like gaming. Left and right, at least middle of the pandemic, you would enter a restaurant and you would see people playing Axie Infinity or talking about it at the very least. I'm sure you, are also familiar with that. And it's interesting because a lot of individuals didn't start off like studying about Bitcoin, blockchain, or the technology. They really just started off playing a game, earning from it. And I believe that's really the way to go, right? If they're able to earn from something, then that becomes like a good motivator in terms of like studying the technology behind it. And that's why I believe that gaming is here to actually provide that influence towards mass adoption. And eventually, because of all these other things that blockchain can offer, as more and more people enter the space, there's going to be more and more variation. There's going to be more and more ways where we can actually go mainstream. And it's slowly going to influence a lot of individuals and it will align on like a lot of interest, which will eventually lead towards every single person knowing about blockchain. So would you say since gaming has been the best way to onboard people to this, it would expand beyond gaming as well and cover other aspects of people's lives. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of interesting projects at the moment, maybe move to earn, where if you go towards a specific shop, you get to earn these tokens. And that becomes like a form of advertisements for a lot of like shops. There's also like art, music, for example, so-called NFTs that people can now experience and now enjoy, digital art is something that's unheard of before because everybody thinks that you can just 
right click and save a copy and it's not going to be any different from someone else's copy right but with blockchain you're able to kind of differentiate which one is the original copy which one is actually a fake one without having to really you know look at the details because everything's on chain and everything can be verified at least in the blockchain and so yeah i think it's definitely going to seep into like every part of our daily lives in fact there's been a running joke that every part of our lives will eventually be monetizable just because of like the power of data right and people have been looking into all sorts of things to be able to acquire users to be able to generate all sorts of sales from the behavior of these users and blockchain i think will help us in terms of capturing that sort of data and being able to monetize these data on the economy side you think you will be able to see more of these asset production factories and expand this supply chain even beyond what we have now I think it's evident coming from YGG's experience where they really pioneered the entire guild system, right? And before they actually created this entire guild system, nobody really knew of the potential it's going to have. After they actually launched successfully and they were able to raise and establish their position in the market, you've seen all sorts of copycats, not just in the Philippines but all over the world. You have guilds popping in and out. almost every single day at least towards the latter part of 2021 right we were running a joke that there's always this guild of the week raising between like 8 to 10 million dollars uh, at least you know during those times and i believe that we're definitely going to see like a lot more of these asset manufacturer especially after they see the kind of growth that we're able to accomplish in the space and that's okay because i believe that you know there's not going to be any single dominant player in the industry i mean we would want to be the largest right but because the size of the market is currently super big it's not like we can say that we can provide like every single asset requirement for the entire like demand guilds for example have raised close to half a billion dollars in a span of you know 3 months at least for last year and I wouldn't say that we'll be able to capture that entire 500 million or half a billion dollars, right? So, I definitely think there's a lot of opportunities out there and there're definitely going to be like lots of competitors in the future. How fast do you think this is going to move? Oh, I think it's really going to be fast. Uh, in terms of development in the space, like actually, for example, went from 4,000 users to 3 million in a span of a year. our company went from 0 to 36 at least in terms of headcount and so it's not only like users it's not only funding but also human resource that's moving into the space and you know i think because we also enjoy all of these social media channels and we also enjoy like internet as it is right now we're really going to be able to supercharge this growth and really reach a lot more individuals faster than ever also there's been a lot of you know talk saying that it's just this really tight community and it's the loyalists who are going to keep this going but there's also this vision that you guys have that it will grow beyond that have you ever doubted that you know this might just stay as this one thing and it won't actually expand oh no i think 
you know, a lot of people, at least back in 2018, 2017, believe that kind of is like a Ponzi and that, you know, eventually if people start losing faith in what it actually is, then it's going to die down. I myself can be counted as one of those individuals. But, you know, with the recent developments, with the recent utility, decentralized finance, uh, NFTs, for example, both in art and gaming, I think these actually provide real use cases in the world where you involve not only specific individuals, but the community as a whole. It has really impacted the lives of a lot of individuals right now. During the pandemic, a lot of individuals lost their jobs and Axie was there to actually provide that alternative source of income. I mean, without Axie giving them that kind of like income source, imagine where a lot of our fellow countrymen would be right now. So I think it's really massive because it has affected a number of lives despite it being like not as big as where we wanted to go. But we're already seeing its value and we're already seeing the impact it has made to a lot of individuals, not only to those who are you know, founding their projects, but even those participating in the space. Okay, so on that note, thank you again, Renz, for joining me today. This was really a very insightful conversation and I'm glad you took the time to talk to us. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana speaking with Renz Carlo Chong, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Digital Asset Production Factory BreederDAO. NFTs, crypto, are these blockchain assets a giant Ponzi scheme or the future of finance? As Mr. Chong said, the space is very raw and nobody really knows how play-to-earn works. The adage holds true, high risk, high reward. So learn as much as you can and then decide if decentralized finance is for you. This episode was recorded remotely in March 2022. It was produced by Bronte H. Laksamana, Earl R. Lagundino, and me, Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening.